people think that it's very easy. When you look at my life, like, and I try to be very transparent on social media so people can see that there are struggles too in my life. But it does appear that I can do a lot and because I can and that I can move fast and that I can accomplish and take on uh, a ton of things. But also what I try to make people see, it is, it's not easy. My brain does not shut down. I do not have still moments. My mind does not still. My, I have to like consciously carve out time to sit and be still and to just absorb life. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspoke Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. We're so excited that you have been joining us and following along in this Enneagram journey. So far, we've covered our type one and our type two. Today, we're tackling our type three achievers. And this is going to be a really great episode. We've got a really great interview or um, call in from a type three who knows a lot about what it means to live life in her uh, in her type. So we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But um, as always, a quick reminder, we are sharing this not just to shine a light on the good or bad parts of being a three, but to hopefully help you identify this as your type if you do not know your type. Or if you do know your type and it's not a type three, hopefully this information will help you better understand these facets of your own personality or typical characteristics of other threes in your life that you know and love. I can tell you as a six, um, a lot of the type three steps on my toes because this is where I go to in stress. And um, so I'm excited for Kelly and I to talk a little bit more about that. Um, Kelly, before I get into you might be a three if and that little uh, checklist or that little rundown, what are some of your just your initial thoughts about Enneagram threes and their place in the world? I will say that the threes that I know, I'm always just completely amazed and baffled. Like I always just sit back and like, when do you sleep? Right. (laughs) You know, because it seems like they can so effortlessly just get stuff done and get it done really well. You know, like (laughs) they don't get hung up in some of the same ways that say a one would, right? Like a one, I remember hearing once a distinction between a one and a three is that a one will turn in the project when it's perfect. A three will turn it in when it's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just in an effort to be able to kind of, you know, run through that checklist and really just be confident and calm and composed while doing so. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, and here I'm going to say, like, I feel like it's admirable, but that's part of the whole problem, right? right? Like that's where the whole entire thing starts to unravel, um, in the heart of a three. And the more I'm learning and the more I'm reading, I'm loving this opportunity, Claire, because I'd never, we do kind of skim over the chapters that don't apply to us. Um, and doing the, this series has forced me to like, oh, I actually don't know that much about other types. So let's like dig in. Um, I'm seeing it show the three energy kind of show up for me in some ways. Like I can't, I do feel like I can empathize with the the addiction of being productive, um, praised. Oh. Well, mm, the like the praise. Oh, okay. That comes with accomplishment, 
right? Like if you, if you do have a thing that goes well or that you get, you know, patted on the head for and, and recognized that like, I, like who wouldn't get a boost from that, right. right? Like, and I'm typically more of a behind the scenes sort of support role and I'm totally happy with that. Right. I am not one that craves like the spotlight or the attention, but I'm not going to lie. It feels pretty good when it comes through, right? right? Like, so I could totally see where you get a little taste of that and you're like, oh, now I'm too risk averse to like really get hooked in on that, I think. To chase it but too much. I, yeah. Yeah. So I do feel like maybe in that way I can kind of recognize and really, um, really like have my heart break for the threes and a little bit of that because that having that tied up completely with your like identity and self-worth um is really sad because that's all external and like you can't control that and you can't ensure that 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 drip continues unless you're like constantly feeding it so yeah yeah what about you this is gonna be a bigger one for you this is and you know kelly and i talked a little bit before we recorded for me there are a lot of spiritual implications in my own life with a lot of the three qualities and the the performance and the works and the doing rather than the being and the belonging so we may get into Mm. to that a little bit but i always when i think about threes i always think about and here i go again with my office quotes but there's a, a an episode, I think it's around season four when Michael, in in one of his interviews to the camera, he says, do I need to be liked? He says, I enjoy being liked. I have to be liked, but it's not like a compulsive need to be liked, not like my need to be praised. (laughs) And and I think so much of that is true because it, it, it does feel compulsive. I think to a lot of threes to chase that feeling and to chase that high and to chase that performance. Hi, my name is Jess Birch, and I am an Enneagram Type 3. I'm a performer, definitely, through and through, number three. (laughs) There's no hesitation um, about that decision of my life. Uh, How I started learning about the Enneagram was through a book club that we did at the company that I work at. We did um, just a professional book club, and Kelly actually walked us through the book and the different types and we learned as a company about ourselves and others. So I will tell you that has definitely intrigued me. I want to keep learning more. And it was a very, um, you know, self-awakening moment to learn about myself and to learn about others and especially how I can improve. And you know why? Because I'm a number three and I'm always looking to um, do more, be more, all that good stuff. might be a three if you see yourself as highly competent um, and that it bothers you when you show up as anything less uh, as effective or efficient. You might be a three um, if things are going really well for you, you virtually glow with a kind of inner joy of being who you are and having the life that you have. You might be a three if your feelings have often tended to be foreign to you, you sometimes feel things strongly, maybe for a little while, but then you just move past it just so you can get on with things. Um, you might be a three if you love making good impressions on people to the degree that you're always polite, always well-mannered and always friendly. Uh, you might be a three if sometimes you felt like you've cut corners in order to achieve your goals. You might be a three if it bothers you when other people don't acknowledge the excellence of what you have done. That's going to be one of those hidden things. And then um, finally, uh, you might be a three if you have always made it a goal to be focused and always monitor how you're motivating yourself to achieve it. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm tired just thinking about what it means to I be know. a three. I know. I mean, the, it, literally, time, my like, posture has changed reading that, feeling like oh. a weight. Like that is such a heavy thing to carry for threes. It is a, it's heavy and it's unpredictable and yes. like totally unguaranteed. So one thing that I um, have been really curious about and kind of trying to learn more about is how that disconnect even happens. So right. the type three is the first of the anchor points that we've gotten to so far in the series. If you're listening chronologically, which you should be, um, the numbers three, six, and nine all lie on this triangle that is sort of set apart from the other sort of intersecting lined shape, right? There's there's the three points, the three, six, nine. They are in the center of each of the triads. So the body, heart, head, triads, the centers of intelligence, how you interpret the world, right? So the three is in the heart triad, as is the two and the four on either side of it, but it doesn't have any connection to the body or to um, the head down there on either side. So it cr- it's, a, it's a little too complex to get into today, but one thing that is interesting is that each of those types, those anchor points, you would think lying in the middle of the heart triad, they're going to be the most connected to their hearts. Nope. But in reality, they're the most detached. Yeah, they have a vast disconnect. Um, So when I was reading about the type three and like, how does the type three come about? Like what happens, right? Like, so there, there's a lot of different, you know, words for this, but it's either like your, your childhood trauma or childhood wound or lost childhood message. So essentially what happens for the three is that because they have this need and we'll go through like we always do, their core desire um, is of feeling valuable and their core fears of being worthless. So even at a very small young age, they were com- they completely consumed with these questions. And what it essentially did was it hollowed out their heart to where they don't feel like unless they re- achieved like some sort of like praise or accomplishment or recognition of accomplishment that they weren't worthy of the love to fill their hearts. Right. So. What happens then (laughs) is then, yeah, is so then they start getting, they start achieving things, right? Or accomplishing things and they get praised for things. Um, And essentially what's happening is there's a really just a a veiled confusion and misinterpreting veneration, as he says, with adoration, Mm -hmm. which is love. And they're just misinterpreting it. Again, these are all just signals we're missing because we're human. This is how it happens, right? Like each of us have this own sort of misinterpretation of of the environments that we're in. And what happens is over time, your ego kind of builds upon it and creates this whole sort of structure for for living through the world. So that's where we're coming from um, with the threes. So to go through, or sorry, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Well, a couple of things. So I do want to just make a note here. I don't think we've really totally like address this, but when we talk about these childhood wounds or kid life crises, this is not like something your parents did and it's all their fault. And like, now you need to go to therapy to like forgive them. That is not it at all. When we talk about these childhood patterns that develop, we're literally just talking about these tendencies that as a kid just started to develop in you. Like it's not like a fault of anybody. It's just a pattern that developed. So I did want to clarify that. And then also, I just want to say, now that you've kind of brought up this idea of anchor points, and you've talked a little about a little bit about the triangle within the um, Enneagram diagram, I do want to say, and <clears throat> excuse me, we'll get into a little bit more of this 
further along, but we also see a lot of like numerology and this idea of a triangle and a trinity. We talk about the head, heart, and body. Um, a lot of teachers have talked about the significance of when you make the sign of the cross, you're literally touching head, heart, and body. And um, I think that's important to keep in mind as we bring in some of the spiritual elements. Honestly, I think sometimes I'm in awe that God could create me to be able to do so many things and do them so quickly. And um, and I try to not take that lightly. Like I think that I, I know that it's unique and I know that it's different. And I know that a lot of people don't function like that. I have a couple of girlfriends that have told me sometimes like at nighttime, I need a good three hours to just sit there and like read or just stare at something or watch a show. And my brain has never worked like that. My brain is always going. And to me, that just shows that, um, right, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, like everyone is on this earth. And God just made me to move at a faster pace than others. And so I can't take that lightly, but I have to be very, um, very aware that I use that time wisely. Um, so I, I think that's one thing, you know, I, I, that I treasure that I am a three and I'm really trying to grow into that and treasure it and applaud it versus fear it. Because as we went through the Enneagram, there were so many things that I'm like, oh, you know, that's hard. <laughs> it is hard being a three. And, uh, well, one thing when, you know, in the book club, I remember we talked about what do you like least about your number and what I don't like about my number is a lot of people in my entire life, they have viewed me as very fake because I move so fast. And because, um, I do multitask, people think that it's not real. It's not genuine. How can I do that? And so I've kind of been up against that my whole life. Uh, especially with females, (laughs) They, they, they tend to struggle with me in the working environment sometimes. So in addition to the core desire of feeling valuable, like that is the, the anchor sort of like ache that they're looking for, um, to feel, um, to be able to feel whole and complete that message. Um, their fear again is of being worthless. Um, so the holy idea though, for the three, um, which is essentially sort of, um, again, like the purpose, right? The, the, what we've been disconnected from essentially is um, holy harmony or holy truth or holy hope and holy law. Um, and that can actually be achieved through the three's virtue of truthfulness and authenticity. Again, things that we become disconnected from um, through this thing called life. Um, the fix. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add to that. You talk about the truth. Um, another teacher refers to it as trust as well, which I think oh, is yeah. definitely worth mm. exploring. Yeah, that's huge. Um, So the fixation or the thought pattern that kind of messes up the three and kind of gets in the way um, and keeps them disconnected is vanity. Um, And so that's actually like strategically thinking about how to create this image um, of being being successful or appearing successful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not talking about just, you know, hair and makeup and being camera ready. We're talking about like the actual vanity of you as a human walking through the planet. What is your image? What are you projecting? What are people going to say about you? Um, And then the passion or the struggle, um, some call it the original sin or root sin. Um, It's essentially the emotional pattern that gets in your way versus the intellectual or the thought pattern. Um, That's deceit. 
And that's a tough one to swallow because yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think threes walk around saying, how can I lie to you? It's not like no. the, um, I think of, you know, the, the, was it Leonardo DiCaprio? I remember the movie where he was like a con man and he like was different kinds of people. Oh yeah. Um, it's it, yeah. I mean, we're really good with references guys. Um, he, it's not that it's actually like a way of sort of lying to yourself. Right. Right. So it's feeling that everything you do must appear confident, successful, and you've got to hide parts of yourself that don't conform to that image. But what you're actually doing is cutting yourself off from authentic relationships, which again, conflicts with your virtue. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. Um, the movie you're referring to is Catch Me If You Can, by the way. Thank you. Leonardo DiCaprio. I was first, well, I was first thinking like, (laughs) I know it's not the Titanic movie, so... I think that it's very easy for me to fall into being unhealthy because we're right. We're known as performers. We're always on the go. We move very fast. We multitask. We don't shut off. We don't shut down. That also means that we volunteer. We raise our hand. We always say yes. <laughs> so I think it's very easy for me to fall into the trap of being unhealthy over the years. Uh, I, I do believe. Um, and it's been interesting when we read the book because if, you, if I had read this probably 15 years ago, I would have been a very unhealthy three, but now I feel like, and maybe it's because I've slowed down more, I have three children, I have a husband, um, it's really calmed me in the fact of <clears throat> I have to know that I have an off and I have to say no and I have to have limitations. And so for me, the question, you know, um, have I recognized that I have lower levels of health? I do, I can totally tell when I have fallen into an unhealthy level and that I need to step back, refocus, regroup, and um, move forward with being the healthy, non-sinning three. You know, another thing I just want to add about the threes and some of their fixations and fears, or as some might call like the way they've adapted, is just that they start believing this idea that they're only loved and only respected if they mm-hmm. perform and accomplish. And um, it's like you mentioned, like it isn't just about the public image, but it's more, I guess, more dangerously or more at stake when it's this inner, you know, this failure to look inside and really like come to terms with who who is there. And um, it's this idea that they're just constantly, you know, projecting their successes and connections and the exhaustion, I think, that comes with that. And I think the three is one of these types in my head I'm always seeing is like, just lay down your burden, just lay it down. <laughs> like, mm. it, it's okay to like, not be the best or not perform and not earn. And I say some of this to myself, like, we've gotten so ingrained in like earning the gold star, getting the certificate, passing the test, checking the checkbox off. And um, just some of, sometimes that task orientation becomes such a driving force that, yeah, we completely just um, detach from the body, from the emotions. And um, yeah. What does your number look like in stress? Uh, I think for me, it's just taking on too much and it's um, trying to be too much. It also, I'm short tempered. I'm short fused. I um, get frustrated with others very quickly uh, and often it's because I've tried to take on too much by myself, right? But yet I, I take it out on others. When I'm looking, when I'm at my highest type, I am doing so many things, but I'm doing it like I mentioned for the greater good and for a greater purpose. 
it also is a time where I'm building other people up and I'm using my energy to grow and motivate others and to work alongside others. It's not me trying to be center stage, trying to um, have the wins. It's to have collective wins and to have uh, shared victories. And um, that's when I am in my, my healthy state. So we're talking a little bit about threes and stress and kind of what that looks like. And Kelly's going to get into kind of where they they move along the diagram. But I just want to say that depending on maybe your wing or your subtype as a three, um, it's easy to fall into patterns if maybe you are a self-preservation three. Um, this idea of workah- workaholism where you're just constantly going and doing and working. If you are the social instinct three, maybe it's your status seeking that drives you. And then for the sexual instinct in the three, you are just um, trying to catch. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Like you're just you're mm. catching, trying to catch up with people and, and relationships and, and kind of that movie we just mentioned, the catch me if you can. Like, I thought that was interesting. This almost like seductive way that, um, and not necessarily in a sexually seductive way, but just in a seductive way of trying to draw others to you. So those are things mm-hmm. to maybe be on the lookout for, um, in your type as you become, uh, stressed or moving toward lower, lower levels of health, just being aware of that performance and, those motivations. Yeah. Cause I think the fixation there just becomes so overpowering. Right. And it's almost like a, like a fuel tank or like a, mm-hmm. yeah, like a, like a morphine drip, right. You got to stay ahead mm-hmm. of the medicine, right. Before the pain catches up. And just what so, I think is so interesting too, especially about the, the um, social or sexual or whatever. Like I think mm-hmm. that, that idea of like out, <laughs> I hate to keep using the word like trying to be, it's not in a sensual way, but that seductiveness it's, it's Mm. in conflict with this idea of intimacy though. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that to me is what's so complicated about a three is that there's this desire, but then there's this wall of like holding up the intimacy. Yeah. And that's, and that's the deal, right? That's the whole purpose of the Enneagram. There's every type in different ways has this obstruction that they've literally put in their own way. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a matter of seeing through it, seeing reality for what it is, and then being able to figure out how to compensate for that and move around it. Um, So, yeah. So, okay. So one thing too, that I just wanted to add really quickly, I used to describe threes as like, um, you know, like chameleons, right? So I gave this, I give this party scenario and try to run through all nine types so people can just kind of hang their just have something to grasp onto, right? right? It's pretty reductive and stereotypical, but still kind of fits. Um, A three, and I've seen it happen. I have threes in my life. I'm like, wow, how do you do that? It's like Mm -hmm. magic. They walk into a party, kind of check the temperature and be whatever they need to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and like be the most loved, most adored, most admired in the room that evening. It is like, Again, it's a superpower. It's like, yeah. holy cow. So anyway, that's that's it's it's amazing and it's also heartbreaking in the same moment. It's again peeling back like were those authentic relationships? Because the three is gonna turn around and ask themselves at the end of the night, was any of that real? Right. Right. And like feel a lack because that that high wears off really quickly. Yeah. So they're always constantly chasing the next one. People think that it's very easy. When you look at my life, like And I try to be very transparent on social media so people can see that there are struggles too in my life 
but it does appear that I can do a lot and because I can and that I can move fast and that I can accomplish and take on uh, a ton of things. But also what I try to make people see it is it's not easy. My brain does not shut down. I do not have still moments. My mind is not still my, I have to like consciously carve out time to sit and be still and to just absorb life. And, and that's, interesting for other people to learn about a three. So for people that look at threes in, in awe and think, oh my gosh, that's awesome that you can do that. Understand that what is awesome is also exhausting because we do not have an off button. Um, okay. So in stress, a three really, really, really just needs rest. And that's again, like we we're just saying, it's a hard thing to grab onto uh, when you can't, when you're having to like counteract this internal sort of conflict that you're dealing with. Um, when they're not healthy, they do have a tendency to kind of run over people mm-hmm. in order to achieve that goal. Um, because again, to be able to acquire the veneration that they're confusing for adoration or love, they are willing to sacrifice potential relationships to get there because the payoff is bigger in the end, right? So it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, yeah. So um, they do not want to slow down in a, in order to get ahead. So what happens then is the three has a movement to nine in stress. And if you're doing this movement well, intentionally, you can go to the high side of nine. So in a higher level of, of health for the nine. And what that looks like is bringing peace. Um, so nine's the peacemaker, right? Um, it'll bring peace to the three and they'll realize that they're overdoing it and kind of be able to slow down and take the break that they need. They can also start to prioritize people over productivity, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard thing to untangle for a three, but and um, people for the sake of the other person, not people for the sake yeah. of impressing or doing sure yeah 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 yeah. that's a big one um and they can also be more inclusive um when they are at the high side of nine it just gives them a better perspective right instead of just you know being kind of nose down and and task oriented and so driven they can actually take a step back and be like oh i see the big picture now um so on the low side though that can look like being paralyzed (laughs) with menial tasks um disengaging yeah busy work in order to just have something to check off, right? Um, disengaging in relationships and then being apathetic and again, losing the big picture. So it's funny in the same ways that a nine can be, um, the nine energy can be really helpful and transformative for a stressed three, um, or, you know, a three that just needs a little extra help, uh, that's typical coping mechanisms aren't serving them, or they can't seem to break through and need just another set of tools. Um, it can also provide its own set of stumbling blocks. Um, if done inattentively. I know because of who I am and what I am as a three, I have the capability to do a lot very fast and um, I can multitask, like I mentioned earlier, like a champion, but I have to make sure that I'm doing it in the best interest of why I believe I'm here. And I do believe it's to bring glory to God and the reason that he's created me um, in his likeness. And so I have to remember that. I have to stay focused on that and I have to make decisions and healthy decisions as I move forward at fast turbo speed, making sure that I'm doing it to bring glory to God and not to bring glory to self. And for threes, I think that 
we have to be cautious of that because we are performers and we want to make a difference and we want to do good things. But for me, it's centering on that fact to be healthy, to know that I'm doing it for God and the greater good. And, and one thing I've done, and, or a couple things, I guess, that I've done to kind of make sure that I am healthy. Uh, one example, the company that I work for, we no longer have a mission or vision statement. We actually have a Bible verse that we drive our company for, um, and it's Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Um, and the whole point is, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and the master serving is Christ. And I have it hanging in my office, and it just reminds me every day that even though we continue to grow and we continue to do awesome, mighty things as a company, that it's not to be big and it's not to be mighty uh, as self or as people. It's to do a greater good. And so we try to stay focused on that at the company. And I only work certain office hours each week because I know I don't have an off button and I've had to set those limitations or I know I will fall into a state of not being healthy because of who I am. All right, so we want to bring this back around to highlighting the um, type three in health and what it looks like when they are at their best. And I know one of the things, I don't know how you'll hear it as um, Kelly produces and puts this all together, but one of the things Jessica mentions is how, while it can be really, really awesome to be a three, it can also be really, really exhausting. So we want to help kind of point toward what a healthy three looks like. So they aren't feeling completely emotionally, physically, or any other way exhausted. So three is going to be in health, very productive. Um, energetic, empowering. They are going to be focused and hardworking. And one of the things I kind of want to focus in on is this team builder um, mm, aspect. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. So yep. they, they in health, like, yes, they are doing, but they're also empowering other people to mm-hmm. help come alongside and help lead. And um, they're not necessarily carrying a backbreaking load just on their own, but rather they're helping to to bring others alongside and engage the other the others for um, their strengths and for their uh, what they bring to a team situation. And then the the group benefits, but ultimately the three benefits because they're not bearing all of that load on their own. Um, we know and love our threes for their competency, their goal orientedness, and the way they're able to motivate others. And um, we want you to keep being all those things, threes. <laughs> I just will add, they're some of the best cheerleaders yeah. you could ever ask for. So like, if you need somebody in your corner, like hype man, or like somebody to help you work a room, you just yeah. tell them what your goal is and like done. They've got it figured right. out for you. I do this all the time. I make sure I always know where my threes are when I'm somewhere yeah. <laughs> at a conference or a networking event or whatever. Cause these things, they don't always come so naturally, but if I can just kind of tag along, right. I can almost by osmosis, like absorb yeah. some of that charm and charisma and just ease with people that they have. Yeah. Um, and this also brings up a good point too. And something that I try to consciously remind myself, um, if you are in relationship with threes, give them room to shine. First yeah. of all, like let them be their full selves. Let them bring everything to the table. Don't be intimidated. Their productivity is not a critique on yours. Right. right? It has nothing to do with you. This is just something, this is just the way they're wired. So don't see their successes and be intimidated by that, right? Celebrate right. that. But then also try to think of ways to praise and appreciate the threes. It doesn't have to be, you know, super public, like find a way that speaks to them. You know, if it's, if they're a writer, you know, like 
praise praise the vocabulary choices that they made mm-hmm. in that. So you know what I mean? Like pick out something very specific, not just like blanket praise. Um, because again, that's just going to feed this compulsion, right? But if you find a way to connect with who they are, like the authenticity of the work that they're doing, um, I think that would go a really long way at kind of helping them reconnect and understand that they are loved and not just admired. Right. Well, you talk a little bit about a, th- a example of a three as a writer. And I think what's something to also pull out here is that in um, health or as they integrate, a three goes to a six. And we all know that's my number. Mm-hmm. So I know I know six as well. Um, but what we see that becoming is the, the three as a communicator. They they internalize so much of what they are doing that it, oftentimes they're able to really articulate and communicate um, with the group, with the whole, instead of maybe being such a solo performer, they're able to. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 I love that. Overall, I mean, as we worked through the Enneagram, I definitely, it was awesome. I love it. I want to keep learning more. I do know that, I mean, forever, right? We are always aiming to be healthy and it's easy for us to fall into sin. Uh, And it was a very awakening moment. And I hope to just continue to strive to be the best number three performer uh, heart triad that I can be. So thank you so much for letting me share. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.